This is Crossroads with Clayton King. One of my favorite audiences to address are dads. I'm a dad of two boys myself. I grew up with a great father, and I love telling dads two things. Number one, you have authority, and number two, you can exercise that authority in humility because of Jesus. So I hope this is an encouragement to you, whatever stage of life you're in, that we have a perfect heavenly father who models for us what a good dad is supposed to be like. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have it all together. You've got a perfect heavenly father to be a model for what a dad should really be. So hope you enjoy this message as we learn what it's like to follow a perfect father. May I extend a very warm, happy Father's Day to all of the dads. I'm gonna preach a message today that is for all of us, but it's specifically to the dads in the room. So dads, I want you to listen because as a man and as a father, I wanna talk one-on-one with you, but I wanna invite everybody else to lean in and listen to this message Uh, Because what we're gonna learn today about spiritual warfare and the authority that we have in Christ is gonna be important, not just for our dads, but for our entire church family. God has wired men to do some things. God actually has put his DNA as a father into you as a dad. God is a father. It's how he reveals himself to us in scripture. And so as a dad, if you have a family, then you have the DNA of your heavenly father. And that DNA is stronger than any negative influence you've ever had. It's stronger than any bad father experience that you may have gone through as a kid. That DNA that comes from your heavenly father actually empowers you to be a good dad. And God has wired us to to protect the things that we value. As a man, as a dad, we don't want people putting their hands on our stuff, especially our families, right? We protect what we value. Why do we, as men, let the enemy put his hands on our families when we should be protecting them? God has wired us as men and given us authority to walk in his power, not to lord it over people, not to be a boss. God has given us as men this ability to be both tender and tough. He has given us this mandate to protect what the enemy wants to put his hands on. And so for the next few minutes, I wanna equip and encourage us as dads and invite the rest of the church into this conversation to let you know that we have a heavenly father with a perfect DNA that he has passed down to us and the DNA of our heavenly father is stronger than any DNA you had from a bad dad or an absent dad. It's actually stronger than even our own enemy's DNA because in reality, this world we live in is a tale of two fathers. It's a tale of two fathers. There is a God of love and there is a God of lies. And this world that we live in is really pulled by these two fathers. And so many of us find ourselves having to choose day after day, which one of these men will I listen to? It's a tale of two fathers. The first is the father of love. We know that God is our heavenly father and he is the father of love. First John chapter three, verses one through three, tell us about our heavenly father's love and they show us his DNA. See what great love the father has given us that we should be called God's children, and we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it didn't know him. Dear friends, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet been revealed. 
We know that when he appears, we will be like him because we will see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Our heavenly father is a father of love. He loves his children. I've got the love of my heavenly father in me. And every one of you dads, you've got that DNA and it's perfect. So you don't have to be perfect, dad. You've got your heavenly father's perfect DNA in you. When you mess up, it's okay. Your heavenly father is purifying you with his love. But there's another father and he's the father of lies. And John 8, tells us about him. Jesus himself, speaking of the father of lies in John 8, said this, you are of your father, the devil, and you wanna carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth. And here's why, because there is no truth in him. When he tells a lie, he speaks from his own nature because he is a liar and the father of lies. Jesus said that about Satan. And if Jesus called the devil a liar, we can trust Jesus because Jesus tells the truth. So we have two fathers, the father of love and the father of lies. And here's the question, which father are you following? Father of love, father of lies. Which father are you following? I wanna show you a few things about the devil the father of lies. We know these things to be true. We've heard it in our first two weeks of the series. I wanna show you some things about the devil that are true no matter what. Number one, the devil is a liar. He's a liar. You can't trust what he says. The devil is loud when he lies. He's loud. He doesn't just whisper, he will whisper, but he also screams and yells. He's loud, he wants to get your attention. He'll do whatever he can to make you stop what you're doing and ignore the voice of your heavenly father so you'll listen to his lying voice. And I didn't come up with this. I mean, Peter actually says that the devil is loud. Let's look at it, it's from 1 Peter. Here's what Peter says about our enemy, the devil. He warns us, be sober-minded, be alert. Your adversary or your enemy, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion looking for anyone he can devour. Now you see that? He is like a roaring lion. And what does he wanna do? Devour you. So this roaring lion creates a picture of this sound of a wild beast thirsty for blood, who is looking for prey he can devour. But I love what Peter says. He doesn't say that the devil is a roaring lion. Come on, church. He says he's like a roaring lion. In other words, if I could say it this way, he's pretending to be a lion. He's a fake. He's a phony. He is roaring like a lion. That's what Satan does to you as a dad. That's what Satan does to me as a father. He roars at me. He accuses me. Men, You've heard the devil yell at you and tell you that your past defines you. You've heard the devil yell at you, scream at you and tell you that your identity is a failure, that you don't measure up, that you don't have what it takes, that you'll never be as good as your dad or that because your dad was really bad in some ways, you're destined to repeat his mistakes. Satan will lie to you, but Satan also does it with a loud voice. 
but I wanna show you a promise from the Bible. And I wanna show you that not only is the devil a liar and not only is the devil loud, the devil ultimately is a loser. Now this is important. And I don't mean this in like the 2001 sense of loser, because nobody does that anymore, okay? I did it back in the day. I don't mean that we like make fun of the devil or we call him a loser. What I mean is, ultimately, all the ground the devil has tried to take, all of the battles he's waged against families and dads and moms and marriages and churches, he will eventually lose it all. And we know that because Revelation 20.10 tells us. Here's what the Bible says about the ultimate the ultimate fate of our enemy. It says in Revelation 20:10, and the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur with the beast and the false prophet, and they will be tormented day and night there forever and ever. So dads, I've got good news for you. The enemy that you're fighting right now, the lies that the devil tells you, the loud voice he uses to pull you away from God's authority, to, to make you forget your DNA from your heavenly father, one day, that voice will stop. One day, that liar will shut up. One day, we won't have to fight spiritual battles anymore. One day, spiritual warfare will be over. It's not today, it's not yet, but one day the devil, Satan, our enemy, will be cast into the lake of fire. And I gotta say good riddance, I'm ready for it. I'm tired of fighting battles, but I'm gonna keep on fighting. I'm tired of having to wake up and wonder what's gonna happen today or this week, but I'm gonna keep going. As a matter of fact, I had two men tell me in the lobby in between the first service and this gathering that this spiritual warfare series, it feels like it's kicked up and stirred up demons and evil powers and the devil. I had two men tell me two amazing, ridiculous stories of what they had to go through this week because this week they decided they were gonna wake up every day and put on the full armor of God. One of the guys said, hey, you and Brad and Dan might wanna quit preaching so hard. But he meant, what he meant by that was simply this, the battle's always going on and sometimes we get tired, but the good news is look toward the future because the devil will lose. Now, knowing what we've learned so far from the scripture, I wanna spend the remainder of my time encouraging and empowering dads. And I wanna invite moms and friends and family members to listen to because this is true for you as much as it is for every father in our church. Men, I wanna speak to you as a dad who's on the same journey you're on, fighting the same battles you're fighting. And I wanna tell you, you have authority. Men, you have authority. Dads, you have authority. You can protect what the devil wants to put his hands on. You have authority and it's given to you by God through Jesus Christ. You have authority. And I wanna make sure you don't misunderstand this. This is not an authority that makes us proud or arrogant or rough or mean or harsh. This is not an authority that we have because we may be bigger or physically stronger than our wives or our children. In reality, this authority that you've been given as a dad makes you both tough and tender. This authority should make us more patient. This authority should make us more committed. This authority should give us softer hearts towards our wives and towards our kids. This is an authority that God has placed in you as a dad. 
And I wanna show you how this pertains to your wife and your children. It's from Ephesians, Ephesians chapter five, verses 25 and 26. The apostle Paul actually encourages men to walk in this authority. And here's what the scripture says. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her, to make her holy, cleansing her with the washing of water by the word. Men, you have authority to love your wife. And as you love her, you're purified, she's purified, and your marriage is strengthened. But men, if you're a dad, you also have authority given to you by your heavenly father. Remember, his DNA is in you. The perfect DNA of your heavenly father is in you by the power of the Holy Spirit. And through your heavenly father, he has given you the authority to also be a godly dad, not a perfect dad a godly dad. And here's what Paul had to say in Ephesians 6 about dads and their children. Just one simple verse I'll read. Fathers, don't stir up anger in your children, but bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Men, it's never too late to walk in your authority. You can raise your kids up. You can be a dad that trains them to follow Jesus. And I want to say this to you as, as, as a man, as a dad, and as one of your pastors. Training your children is caught more than taught. Your kids will catch what you do way faster than they hear what you say. So I can't tell my kids church is a priority to my family and I only come six times a year, but every other Sunday... I'm on a boat at the lake or I'm in a NASCAR race or I'm hitting a golf ball on a golf course. My kids will catch quicker than they hear. They, they will see what I do more than they listen to what I say. So I train them up. I can't tell my children that tithing and generosity is important, but I give a 20 every two or three weeks while I'm wasting money on other things that don't matter eternally. I can't tell my boys, I'm raising future dads right now, I can't tell them that my marriage is the most important relationship in the world to me and I never spend time with their mom or I blow off every request she makes of me to help around the house and we never spend any time together. Men, you can raise up your children and you don't have to provoke them to anger. It's possible. Hey, before I wrap up this message, I wanted to let you know about one way that our ministry serves the local church worldwide. We have 16 speakers and worship leaders that are a part of our ministry at Crossroads. And we'd love to send one of them to your church, your event, your retreat. We have an amazing lineup of both male and female speakers, folks like Naeem Fazel, Trey Bradley, Matt Holloman, Marquise Cox, Shaq Hardy, myself, my wife Shari, our son Jacob. We also have some amazing worship leaders like Matt Buckland, Greg Wells, and one of my best friends, Blake Goss. These are folks that we trust, that we believe in, that have a heart for the gospel and a heart for your local church. So whether you need a Bible teacher, someone to fill in on a Sunday morning, someone to come for an evangelistic event or a marriage conference or a missions conference, we would love to serve your local church. Just go to claytonking.com slash speakers for more information. Now, back to the message. Now, and men, I wanna encourage you with one final word. You have victory. Dads, 
Quit letting the devil defeat you. You have victory. The blood of Jesus, wash your sin away. The Holy Spirit is in you, helping you. We're here to help you grow, to help you be a great man of God, to help you love your family well. You have victory. You know how I know? The Bible tells me so. That's how. Romans 16, 20. Memorize it. It's easy. It's quick. There's a great gospel song that sometimes I feel like I want to break out in a dance and a song right here on stage, but I won't do that right now because I don't want y'all to be distracted. Romans 16, 20. Here's what it says. Put it up on the screens. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. Does that mean that we have authority over the devil? Through Jesus, we do. So dads, make a bold move and tell your family, we're gonna be in church every Sunday. We'll go to the lake after services. We'll do other things, but Sunday is God's day. We're gonna be in church. Make a bold move, dads. Take that verse to heart. Be victorious and say, I'm gonna volunteer. I want my wife and my kids to be involved in church, so I'll go first. I'm gonna go ahead and sign us up. Dad, you set the tone in your house. You set the tone in your family. And you are nurturing your family with every decision you make. And I'm telling you, we have a place for you here. This is your family. Come and join us. Some of you have, and you know how it blesses your life. You have victory. So don't live in defeat. You know, I've, I've been praying for a long time that God would do some incredible things in my life as it pertains to my dad. Seven years ago today on Father's Day, I preached my father's funeral. It was one of the hardest things I've ever done on Father's Day to, to bury my father and know that I wouldn't see him again in this life until we got to the new heaven and the new earth. But I also knew that at some point in my life, I felt like I would try to find my birth family because I'm adopted. And I'd heard various versions of the story of how I was born and the circumstances behind my adoption. But in December, uh, over the Christmas break, I felt like God made me a promise that I would find my birth family in 2019. And we're a church that trusts God's promises. It's our first core value, first family value. And so I wrote it down in my journal. The very first thing I wrote is I prayed for the year of 2019. So I asked around and I got on Ancestry.com and I got the kit. You spit in a little vial and you squeeze the top on it and you mail it off. And next thing you know, I'm getting emails and I'm seeing that I've got other family members like third, fourth, fifth cousins and somehow we're all related. And Ken Wilson, who's one of our team members here, told me that day uh, that I came in the office talking about it. He goes, hey, my wife Meg will find your family. And I trust Ken and I trust Meg. And I said, okay, I trust you. So I talked to them on the phone. I gave Meg access to all of my information. To make a long story short, just this week, leading up to Father's Day, I found my birth family. I found them all. My mom, my dad, aunts, uncles, I've got two brothers and two sisters I've never met. All because of prayer and DNA and Facebook. <laughs> Isn't it crazy? I, I was out of the country when all this began to happen. And this week I was able to, with the help of my friends Meg and Ken, locate my family. My birth mother and my birth father are both dead. They died in 2016 and 2017. But here's the, here's the thing I wanted to tell you. I've got brothers and sisters I've never met. I've got aunts and uncles I'm talking to on the phone. I'm FaceTiming cousins 
who looked just like me, ruggedly handsome. And, and, I'm, and my mind is being blown. So this past week, I, I'm talking to a cousin on my dad's side. They all live in South Carolina, by the way. All of them right here in South Carolina. I never knew where I was born. I'm talking to my cousin this week. He goes, oh, by the way, do you know where you were born? I'm like, uh, no. He goes, you were born at Roper St. Francis Hospital in Charleston. I said, shut up. In March, Shari and I were in Charleston. We were gonna host your campus there that Sunday, Charleston, remember? And I had a crazy, unexpected gallbladder issue and I had to have my gallbladder removed because it almost killed me. Guess what hospital my gallbladder was taken out of me in? Roper St. Francis Hospital. So the hospital I was born in was also the hospital where a surgeon saved my life. Also found out I went to the prom in South Carolina with one of my distant cousins in 1990. Didn't kiss her, praise God. True, I'm not making this up. So my cousin says, you need to call your uncle, your dad's brother. Well, my dad's dead. I'll never get to meet him in this life. So I called up his brother. I won't tell you his name. I'll tell you later because this story's unfolding. I don't have time to tell you how it all happened. And I'm talking to my uncle. And my uncle said, man, I've been watching you preach on the internet. When we found out you were, that you existed because we didn't know you, were, you existed. We all started watching you preach at your church and on your website and Facebook. And we pulled up sermons and... He said, how, how tall are you? I said, I'm six foot three. He said, your dad was six foot three. I knew it. How much do you weigh? I said, 230 pounds. He said, your dad weighed 230 pounds. I knew it. He said, every sermon I've watched you preach, you're, you're wearing like a dark shirt and dark jeans. You always dress like that. I said, if, yeah, usually. He said, your dad was dressed in a black shirt and dark jeans every time he left the house. He said, you move just like him. You act just like him. You talk just like him. He said, you seem real outgoing. I said, uh, yeah. He said, your daddy never met a stranger. He was always cutting up. He was always laughing. People were drawn to him. He never met a stranger. He never got tired of people. He said, you are just like your dad. And then my uncle said, man, if your daddy could meet you, he would be so proud of you. And then the Holy Spirit said something to me in my heart. He said, isn't it funny how a man you've never met has affected who you are because of his DNA? How much stronger is the DNA that you men have in your hearts from your heavenly Father? A God you've never met, though you know him. A God you've never talked to, though you've prayed to him face to face. A God that you believe in. His Father's DNA is in you and it's stronger than any force you've ever had to face. It's stronger than your absent dad. It's stronger than your bad dad. It's stronger than your good dad. It's stronger than your worst failure. It's stronger than your worst day. You are who you are because you have your Father's DNA inside of you, dads. Now let's act like it. Let's protect what God has given to us. Let's come to God's house on Sunday. Let's 
let's lead our wives and children with tender toughness to say, we are a family that follows Jesus. Which father are you following? Follow the father of love. The father of lies is scared to death of the father of love because the father of lies knows that when dads get filled with that kind of love, they are unstoppable for the kingdom of God. Come join this family, dads. Buy into it. Get all the way in and let's change the world together and see God do a miracle in our generation. Hey, I wanna encourage you if you're a dad to live in the authority that God has given you. Our culture is telling us it's toxic to be masculine, but the Bible tells us we can be providers and protectors. We don't have to be perfect, but we have to put forth the effort so that God can be glorified in the way that we love and raise our families. Hey, if you've heard this message and you'd like to share it with a dad, just go to our website, claytonking.com and click on resources. You can send this message to a dad that may find encouragement in these words. God bless you dads, keep doing what you do. If you'd like to hear this message again, send it to a friend, or learn how to take a next step in your walk with Jesus, check us out at claytonking.com.